Mike Young, stories that need to be told, sitting in my mom's living room with my brother as he lays here, ready to go to sleep, but also ready to podcast. I've been doing stand-up comedy for close to 20 years. Uh, You know, I didn't didn't take comedy seriously until my ex-girlfriend at the time said, you don't take it seriously. Then I decided to do stand-up every single day for the rest of my life. That was 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Anyway, part of comedy is the process. Everybody knows comedians go through whatever they go through to get their material, write the material, put it up on stage. And in the early days of stand-up, what it is is you're going to open mics. You're going to the basements of Ramada Inns. You're going to little coffee shops and doing stand-up in the corner. And then if you're lucky enough, then you get on a tour and you know all of a sudden you're getting uh, 15 minutes and you're opening for somebody. And so you're out of that whole open mic world. And so when you get out of the open mic world and out of like that crafty, work on your material, boxing gym style world, it's tough because it's harder. That's where you build your material. That's where you work it. And if you're not like a big time name, you can't just walk into any comedy club and say, yo, let me go on stage. So you got to find your spots. So as time goes on, I develop my act. And every time I come home over the last few years, my brother, my, my everyone's telling me, get new material, do new material. And I have a ton of stuff written, but I have not put it on stage. So today on the podcast, we're talking about the process. And me and my brother, what up, Rob? Say what up. What up? Are going to go over some bits. And we're going to pick out which bits, because I am going to shoot my own special. It's probably going to be in Detroit at the Royal Oak Music Theater. We're going to film it. I'm either going to do it myself or I'll get a, uh, somebody will co-produce it with me. There's a couple of people that want to do it, but we'll figure out, you know, the uh, business-wise what, what the smartest move is. Bottom line is I got to pick the material. So we're about to go over some material. So let me see my pad. I got a legal pad with everything on it. All right. Um, my brother is my greatest sounding board. He is he's the, you know, he knows me better than anybody on the planet. He is my best friend. He's who I run everything by if you know what I mean he's the meter he's the no bullshit meter I run it all by him and he you know you don't hear him talking now but whoo we ask anybody that's met him in LA and he knows all my friends he can talk yeah there you go so Rob keep it simple here we go <laughs> we're literally in my mom's living room she just came out yeah Laughing, but she had gallbladder surgery, so she can't. We we can't. We got to keep her out of the laughter because her she stomach hurts. Put her back in her cage. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so mom is in her cage right now, and that's where she has to stay because if she laughs, she could burst open whatever her stomach's did glue, whatever they put on your stomach after. There's no more stitches anymore. They go in, they suck it out. It's over. Anyway, so let's go over this, Rob. So, because what I always say to my brother is, which is what you don't understand is. Yeah, you know my act. Yes, people have seen my stuff in certain places, but the world hasn't seen it. I haven't done a special, so I don't want to retire a lot of my stuff. So we're going to go through my my act, and we'll talk about what I should and shouldn't have in my act. You don't know that guy. We get the movie uh, Get Out is playing on my mom's TV right there. Rob's looking at it. He was about to say I know that guy, but he doesn't. Okay, here we go. So... Because I refer to myself as single Mike so much, you know what I mean? I'm still going to do the bit about being single is exhausting. 
I'm doing that in my special 100% for sure. You cool with that? Yes. Okay, I'm still going to do when I come out and I go, couples, way to work it out. That's a great way to lead in. Believe me. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not okay with it. What would be? What, what should I open with? You, you think? What, what should I open with? If that's Maybe not you it? need to tell people who you are, your biography a little bit. See, he's all about. He he thinks it's okay. My brother did uh, improv at Second City and places like. So he, in his mind, he th- you th- he thinks it's okay to just come out and just be purely honest with no real jokes crafted behind it. Honesty isn't funny. Stop picking your nose. Stop it. All right, so I'm coming out with singles exhausted, that whole bit. Being singles exhausted, you got to be in physical shape. That's a solid bit, great way to let people know who I am. You're saying I should come out and go, what up? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Boom. No, you should say you're from I wake Southfield, up, Michigan. I'm from Southfield, Michigan. I woke up today, got coffee, went to the gym, read my book, did some writing. No, no, no. I got the same schedule no, as a 55-year-old divorced woman. That's fine if you want to do that. I'm not talking about telling them about your day. I'm talking about tell them who you are. Tell them where you're from. You grew up. You, what you're all about. Give them a little case history on you, and start with that. That way, people, you know, you ingratiate yourself with people as opposed to just jumping in your act. They don't know who you are, where you're from. Everybody knows that Chris Rock's from New York. Everybody knows that. No, they don't. They they know because they he's super famous. Chris Rock didn't used to come out and go. I'm from New York. Chris Rock would come out and talk about whatever Chris Rock wanted to talk about. He would come out and say bed and he would talk about his, his background. I'm just I'm not saying you have to, like, that's a part of the, like, your overall, but I, I think that when you open up to people and you're in a new city, you know where they're from because you're there. So what, would a, you're what would a good bit, okay, I'm from Southfield, Michigan. Yeah, I grew up in a fully diverse community. Black, white, Arab, goth, rock and roll, jocks. You know what I mean? Punks, burnouts, burnouts yeah. everything. I grew up in like, my high school was like the United Nations. It's like the United Nations of hoods it, and honest people. So right. I could have gone opening. either way, and I did go both ways. Boom! And, there you go. And now you, that, there you go. You just wrote <clears> your opening act, or I did. <laughs> What's the, the? I I went both ways, and that's the bit. And I don't mean sexually. Boom. Well, what's the What's the joke? Well, it's not. It doesn't. Have I grew to be up with joke. hoods, and I grew up with good kids. I could have gone either way. Yo, but here's the and thing. I went both ways. Right. I went to class. Right. I did my thing, but I also stole car radios on a regular basis. Here's the thing. I met the Arabs on here's, Monday here's in, the, the in, in the bathroom and got $80 per radio. I was the only Jewish kid on the street with $700 cash sitting in his sock drawer. And you sold... And I sold mom's lunch. Mom, mom's chicken bones to... Shango. One, of my, one of my friends was right, Arabic. Let's not get off the beaten path here. Let me just talk. Go ahead. Let me just talk. Talk into this. Like your 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 whole thing. Don't push any buttons that could turn it off. Your whole, you know, I mean, I mean, your idol. Who are your idols? Talk about your idols. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, uh, old school. Bernie Mac, old school. Woody Allen, old guys who used to carry guns and shit back in the day in the comedy store. Come on, Buddy Hackett. Oh, Buddy Hackett. Come yeah. on, come on. George Carlin. George Carlin. Come on, guys like that. Those guys tell stories, and not only do they tell stories, they're socially relevant. And not only are they socially relevant, they talk about their family and their dysfunction and the love and, 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 and the hate that's going on in the world. They actually, some of these guys, like Buddy Hackett, he would sing, he would write poetry, people like that. And you have all those elements inside of you. 
So my point is, you don't have to come out here and fucking make people cry, but you can make people feel like something. Three suicides? Yes. Why not? What the hell? Talk about mental illness. Talk about what's relevant to you and in your life and in, in rel- and, and related to the world. In, uh, my point has been with you since you started was funny is great. Funny is what people come there for to escape, but also people want to be connected and you have the ability to connect with people on a multitude of levels and you are much deeper than the comedy that you give out and you have a lot in you. You've got music in you. You've got depth in you. And my point is, is that you need to give that more to the people as you mature, your action mature. You, you know, you're single, Mike, you've been single, and that's great. That's a great thing to come back to, and that's, a, that's the great through line, and that's the thread. But you can do an A, B, C, a one, two, three act until the culmination, and everything in between is intertwined with it. But it can be a little bit serious, it can be a little bit melancholy, it can be a little bit uh, chorus line. It can be all those things that you have elements of. So you think the deep. So you think the deep stuff in the act could be simply like, when I was, by the time I was nineteen, I had been to fourteen funerals. I already knew about death. I saw death. Now I start thinking, oh shit, because I want to do a bit about like, you ever imagine your own funeral and you're over your own funeral and you're looking at your own funeral and you're like, yo, where's everybody rushing off to? Yeah. The time. Exactly. You can be in a room full of people and be like, you know what? I see more ghosts in here than I see people that paid for tickets. I mean, shit like that. I mean, there's enough of that seriousness and silliness that go together hand in hand that are relevant. And, and, you, and you think I should just go right to the person? Yeah, exactly. Talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Talk about this. You, you pick the scabs of your life because life is short. We both, you know, made it past a certain age that a lot of people that we know didn't. And so now is the time to pay tribute to our lives and give back. You know, give the people what they want. And you don't know exactly what they want because you've been giving them the same generic A, Bs, and Cs. Give them the one, generic. twos, and threes. Yeah, you've been giving them the same. You know, it's, it's like it's like, it's like Danny, uh, what's, what's the, the movie? Uh, Danny, Zuko? Uh, no, no, the movie with Al Pacino where he plays the musician that wrote the one hit song. And he's living off that. Oh right, right, right. Danny, Danny, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 thing is a whole different. You know, right, that, so let's that says something. so. That says so. So you can't don't live off that shit because other people that care about you see the depth. And so I'm telling you. That you need to listen to your gut and listen to the people that love you, like me, that has seen your act every which way, and you revert back to what's comfortable. I'm saying do what is uncomfortable. Do the things that okay, you so want to do so but you haven't done yet. Okay. Just fuck it and do it. Okay, so now I'm about to so I'm gonna get uncomfortable in my act. I'm definitely gonna start to get uncomfortable. We're gonna roll on some subjects here that are uncomfortable. But for my special, I there are some of the old act that I am gonna put in because no one's seen it. And some of the bits are crushing and they're personal. So my single mic, you know, being single is exhausting shit, good. Why are you single? What's happened in your life that made you single? It's all Leo's fault. It's probably partially your friends that you hang out with, but it's also because you've been burned. You've been burned. Okay. You had a serious girlfriend, you got engaged, you got burned. You had a serious girlfriend, you got engaged, you got burned. 
Those are the type of things that lead to the, your bits on stalking. Those are the type of stories that lead to your bits on relationships and your single life and versus your married friends. So you're talking about go back, go dive Talk deep. Talk about in why the- you're writing this stuff. You're writing it because it's not because you thought it was funny. Or no, I'm single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know these stories because you live these stories. So talk about where the stories, the origin of the stories. Right. So being single, talk about being single, being like, I don't want to get back in a relationship because it hurts too much when you break up. That's right. It's just too, it's too, it's too deep. Yeah. And what goes on in a relationship that can break up that relationship that has broken up your relationships. Right. I have a problem being trusted. You have a problem trusting trusting my own self, trusting yourself and trusting others. And you also have a sense and it's in, you have a sense of uh, mortality, and so you look at things. Like I look not, at I look at harm. right. I look at relationships like death, yeah. <laughs> like it's over, which is a terrible way to look at relationships. Because I saw, and you, by the way, I think you go here's here's what happens. See, our family straight up went through crazy amounts of tragedy, and we at a very young age. Rob and I were at funerals from the time we were eleven to the time we were twenty one. 22 every year every single year so we got really unfortunate with that it was we just got unlucky with that even though ironically enough we had the most fun childhood right. with the best cousins and friends and part right. of that is because we went through with a lot of other relatives and a lot of cousins our own age and we had to entertain ourselves to get through the pain right which is why i probably i became a comedian but my point was going to be is that some people, if they've been through tragedy and death, they go and they get married. They lock it in. That's it. Bam. Let's lock it in. Yeah. Boom. Which is what you did, which is beautiful. You got a beautiful, you know what I mean? You got beautiful kids. Great. You, you locked it in. I went the other way. I'm like, life is short. I'm going to do everything. I have a fear of commitment because to me, if you try to commit to anything, it just ends. You know what I mean? Like, that's just straight up. Like, yeah, I thought dad would live forever. Boom. Didn't. I look at like relationships like the same type of way. So maybe I need to dive into that. I'll have to find the jokes in it on my own. You know what I mean? I don't know what the jokes are going to be. I got to find them on my own. But yes, I'll get deeper in my act. You got five pages of notes here, brother. Let's start marking it off. I mean, I I told you we'll start marking it off. You you don't 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 wake up just now and wake up like that. I've been looking at this page. So we're gonna yeah. So we're gonna go over these things. So. Here's the next bit. Let's just start rolling down bits. This is how the craft gets worked. So I said, I was talking about fine women are kryptonite. Like fine women, I was talking about my my divorced friends, how they don't know how to act in the world. They just don't know. They go right for the hottest women, right? The hottest women, they don't know the hottest women will ruin your life. And the joke is that the hot, hot women brought the whole country to a screeching halt. They're the reason for the fucking subprime mortgage failure. They brought the banks down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you look at the CEOs, they all had fine hookers and you know what I mean, they were paying exotic women to fly on private jets with them. So my whole the joke there was that fine women brought the country to a halt. I don't like it. Cross it off? Cross it off. Just don't just work it out. I don't like that one so much. Okay. Okay, here's one. So the other day, this is a true story, mom's friend was over here. But but I like the I I like the I like the the words fine women can be kryptonite. I like I like fine women as kryptonite. I think that's there's something there. Yeah, fine women are kryptonite. You know? Especially for these divorced guys with money. They'll go out, you know what I mean? They'll accidentally spend their money. For anybody. 
anybody, for any person. For, for Fine women have guys lying about their income. You know what I mean? Pretending yeah. that you got money. You don't have money. Right. You're robbing banks to keep up a, just for your fine, for some, for some fine pussy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Do you, There's by something the way, there. You have to change your tone when you say that word on the podcast. No, but I just like, I would just being that we're in mom's house. I don't want to yell it out. Yeah, you don't want to yell that. So, like, but that's a, so okay. So there, there's something there's there. a, there's something there. And then you can roll into that's where that's where personalities making a comeback. Boom! Exactly. Okay. So okay. So you can work. Yeah. That. So, but and I want to say, fellas, relax with spending your money. Personalities making a comeback. Trust me, I got eight jokes on a Honda Accord. I'm fucking everybody. Okay, that's but okay. I'm also getting laid because I got a famous friend. Right. And let me tell you something. That could be a transition into that. Right. right you know what I mean? Right, right. You try hanging out with Leo and, and not getting laid. Right. I've been laid in my... I was sleeping. I got me too You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I fell asleep on Leo's couch and woke up with a Brazilian supermodel who yeah. didn't speak English but loved my legs because they were both as hairy as hers. <laughs> Yo, that's okay. Now, there's something in there, but I like I, that. there's something right there. So put a star next to that. Right. What's the next one? Let's roll through these. Next one. So mom's friend, we have a, my, my mom's friend was a drug addict back in her day, yeah. and she's now trying to do right, and she's opening a, a, a home for women that have been prostitutes and abused women, and you know she's telling me this, and she's like, some of these women even end up in the in massage parlors. We got to stop this. I was like, yo, ho, ho, yo, 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 yo. slow oh, it down. Yeah, yeah. Slow that down. You know what I mean? You don't know yeah. Sue Young like I know Sue Young. Exactly. You know what I mean? She's, She's happy. Yeah, I'm right. happy. Right. I'm paying her. Right. She's yeah. laughing at my jokes. Everybody's good over there. Right. Pick your sex traffic women accordingly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. just don't lump them all together. And by the way, don't take don't just raid a massage parlor and take Soon Yi Lin Young out of it. That's my girl. That's my girl. Don't I've taken her to lunch afterwards to double up on the tip. Yeah, and Baskin Robbins, they love ice cream. Oh. <laughs> don't take them out. Just don't just don't go in and rip them away. Oh, so I told my right. Forewarned. forewarned. Okay? Don't shut down prostitution. Right. Slow down. And don't raid it on a Friday afternoon. Everybody needs Between the hours of 3 and 7. 3 and 7 is a you know what I mean? time. Do it some other time. Everyone I know do a Sunday night raid. That's my time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Me and Sue, we're listening to yoga music. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. Every now and then I tell her, switch it from the oil to the lotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a water when I leave. Thank you. Exactly. And a therapist and then number. then you throw her in a house and then you try Don't to... Don't just put her in a house with strangers. She doesn't want strangers. Right. She likes us. She, she loves us. me. Yeah, we have great conversations. She texted me twice yesterday. <laughs> Alright, so there's something there. Yeah, there's something Strong, there. legendary potential. Legendary potential. No one's touching but you that. You gotta go from a real place. You gotta <clears> yeah, a real place? You wanna know a real place? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, around the world. That type of shit. You wanna know a real place? A menu. I've been going to massage parlors since I'm 19 years old. Yeah. Call it what it is. Let's call my it. My dad's one of my dad's good friends. He owned four massage parlors along Eight Mile. I went before my dad ever went. You know what I call it? What? A study break. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but stay on point here. I'm I serious. When you say come, finals in college, no, but when you study break, when you say no, no, but I'm saying I was doing this young. I was, we were young doing these things. We we're too young. <laughs> Sue Young? <laughs> no, we were not too young. Not, not but we were doing this shit at a young age. All right. Listen, if you have straight up, places, you should be okay. Listen, my dad's boy had a massage parlor on Eight Mile before my dad ever went to it, or my uncle. 
and my uncle didn't do anything there. And we had to scope it out. I scoped it out. We had to scope it out. All right. I straight up got into a fist fight with a dude in a massage parlor. Me and Carrie <laughs> and Glazer got into a fist fight in the massage parlor, okay, because I was protecting the masseuses. There was a guy in there yelling to the police on the telephone that they stole his money. We told him to be quiet. He threatened us. We beat him up in a massage parlor. The girls went crazy. Carrie and I, we left. We drove down 8 Mile. We said, let's give it some time. Let the police come and save everybody. We'll go back as heroes, and we'll probably get it for free. And we went back, and we didn't get it for free. All right, listen. That's a you got to tell that story. I just told you. But you're telling me. But you got to do that story at a 1030 show. Okay, so hold on. I gotta I gotta write that down then. Well, you write it down. I thought you just. I thought well, no, it, no, but it became more. Right. So this is the process. Yeah. Massage parlor. You think the fight story is a great story? Percent. Everything that's real is a good story. <laughs> right. Okay, so then that could go right into. So then that actually the massage parlor stuff could go into. Excuse me. Um, I don't need to go deep. I don't need to tell every secret, bro. No, you don't. You do. And you don't. No, you, you don't. Know, but you don't need to tell everybody's name and all that shit. No, but I'm saying, I don't need to tell how I slept with a hooker in Vegas in a, in a Caesar's Palace suite. Yes, you do. What are you talking about? She was a dancer from the Jubilee. You have to tell that story. Okay. You have to. That's a legendary story. That was the first. People who were in the, the suite. That wasn't even the first hooker. That was a Vegas hooker. I don't know how. I would know that story. You weren't there. I wasn't there, but I've been there for things. I went up to Dad's boy, and I was like, could you please pay for this? And he did. Yeah. All I did was, I was so did nervous. Did he pay for it? Who knows if he paid for it? He him? did. He just, no, knows? he did. He said, I paid $500. Michael, you better last longer than 40 $500 seconds. $500 back in the early 90s was a lot. Ton of money. Really ton of money. So, anyway, that's that's that. But so, I'll talk about that stuff for sure. This isn't flowing in a certain order. Really. No. Alright, keep going. What's next? I have alone, alone time, my bit on being alone. Yeah. That's a good bit. I like being alone. Have you heard that bit? I took me out. Yeah. I bought me dinner. I woke up with my own phone number in my pocket. Yes, I like that. Strong bit that's staying in. I like that. But talk about why you like being alone. So go what's the next one? I I like being alone because no one's nagging me. You know what I mean? I don't have to cuddle. You like silence. You know what I mean? I do like silence, bro. I'm a writer. Yeah. You're hard to be with someone. Yeah, I am tough. I'm tough to. I, I'm unmanageable. I've left four managers. I've yeah, never tonight. You you pissed four people off. You didn't even know where. Well, no, just by talking about like I was telling you that we weren't. We're doing this special at the Royal Oak Music Theater, and I said we have a meeting on Monday at noon. You're like, I don't know Monday at noon. Maybe, maybe, maybe Monday at noon. I'm a control freak. I need to relinquish control. Uh, I'm not. I'm not asking you your permission. I'm telling you what time it's going to be. That's my brother. And I'm just simply talking to you, and you're going, well, well, you know, uh, all right, well. I've been on the deer antler, time, and the deer antler makes you aggressive. I'm, I'm off it now. If that's the time you want I'm to off the deer it, antler. Then we'll do it there, or maybe we'll see. If you no, want no, to, you're I'm right. I'm telling you, like, I just talked to him. You're right. That's the time we're meeting at the Royal Music Theater. I'm not, like, it's not like a hypothetical. Okay, how about this bit? Let's just go into, I got it, I get it, Rob. I'll, loo- I'll loosen up, I'll loosen up. I know I need to loosen up. I've been drinking coffee, and I'm on the deer antler. Those two things make you aggressive. I haven't been in a fist fight in 10 years. I need to beat somebody you up. Ever, you're right. You have an everlasting boner and really bad breath. Is my breath kicking? I mean, no, it's not. not the best. We boxed downstairs today. My brother held the pads for me, and it felt amazing. So I'm either going to get back in the ring and mix it up, which I think I need to do we should with do headgear a, on. We should do an over 40 boxing league. They have them. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
right. we just What's can't next? box each other. Right. Next, Mike Young versus Young Mike. This could be a gold bit. I like this. <clears throat> okay. I like every I want to say everybody's got good and bad in them. Everybody's got two people. Believe me, I'm Mike Young. Yes, I am Mike Young, but I am also Young Mike. And Mike Young, yeah, he two loving parents and a beautiful family, yep. loves his brother, loves his cousins, gets yep. along with people. Yep. Young Mike, he wants to kidnap a few people. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Young yeah. Mike. There's some people on that list. There's some there's, people I got him. Young Mike's got a list. Mike, young Mike's got a list. Young Mike's got a list. You young don't want to. Yo, young Mike's been through some shit. Mike Young went to Hebrew school. Yep. You know what I mean? Mike Young had a bar mitzvah. You know what I mean? Young Mike got mixed up in organized crime and almost got killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I got to tell you, organized crime, they're fucking organized. Right. These guys, they do things quick. Mike Young Very was on efficient. the football team in college, flag football team, which had a lot of his friends that were really nice on it. That's intramural football, great life. Yeah. Mike Young, University of Arizona, intramural football. Young Mike got arrested for shoplifting. Young Mike, first week of college. Young Mike stole fuzzbusters and sold them behind a plaza deli uh, in Southfield. Mike Young went down the street, played with the kids, swam in the neighbor's pool, had a great time. Young Mike stole weed from his cousin, stole car radios from two people from the same family, and on Monday showed up and, and sold them for eighty dollars a piece to the Arabs. Right, Mike Young was a babysitter. Mike Young babysat. Mike Young was a, a great babysitter. Everybody loved him. Trusted. Integrity. Total Love. integrity. And it truly was. Is. It really was. It is. Is. But the other, but young Mike. Young Mike. Got into. Fucking f- knock you out. If you look at him wrong and you're riding your fucking bicycle down the street, you'll get knocked off your bicycle and the shit kicked out of you. What's wrong with that? That's something wrong with that. That's not, I'm not proud of a lot of moments. I have regrets. That, that should go into, that'll go into my bit about regrets. I'm not one of those people who doesn't have regrets. I yeah, have regrets. I'll tell you something. Mike Young and Young Mike are sometimes the same guy. I was in a fight in high school or in hockey and I'm playing hockey with Mike Young. But if a fight broke out, Young Mike came to my aid. So he was also a superhero to me. So Young Mike was also Mike Young. Mike Young, Young Mike. All right, so there's a bit there there's for sure. There, for sure. That's a, but that can also be a sensitive, that could be your sensitive Buddy Hackett moment. That could be the moment that you bring people into, I have two sides <laughs> of me as well. I think the tip, I think that, I think the, I think what the concept of the whole bit is like even bigger than that. It's almost like you Everybody have your DNA yeah. and oh. you have your nature and your nurture and you have both. Boom. Boom. You know what I mean? Yes. And by nature, I think I am good, but and yeah. we, but we were brought up with some rough dudes and Listen, rough family. Right, but a mother will kill for her children, and I'll kill just for, for someone I like. Exactly. Yeah, so there's something and I love. There's something there. Put a star next to that. <clears throat> Stars double, going double down. Star, double star, and I think there's something there where you you can actually you know, pull at the heartstrings <clears throat> a little bit too. All right, next. Um, I was talking about my heroes growing up, like growing up. I wasn't looking up to actors and being like, I want to be like Tom Selleck. You know what I mean? I was looking up at the burnouts in our neighborhood that had hot chicks around them when they smoked cigarettes and, and, and like had mopeds. And jean jackets. And jean jackets. Cool as hell, jean jackets. <clears throat> All right, so my heroes were like, growing up, I, w- I just wanted to have braces and long hair. And I thought I'd be cool. You did have braces and long hair. I finally became cool. Yeah, you did. But then you realize being bad ain't cool. 
Mm. It ain't cool. It's cool for a minute, but it's all stupid. It's all stupid. I really believe that. Um, I don't. I don't like it. That could be the moral. The I mean, that could be a, a ultimate moral of the story is that you remember that you you had a bad streak, but bad ain't the way to go. Right. It's like it's like bad never works out. I've been bad. Yeah. Young Mike got arrested. He got beat up. He's been in the hospital, 27 stitches in his face at one time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've done bad things to other people. Karma's come and got me quick. Yeah. Believe me, being good, that's the, that's the gangster shit. Right, but also in, in a way, I mean, thank God, you survived some of the shit we both did. But you can, talk, you can talk to Ian and Cameron, your nephews about it. You can talk to your cousins and family. You can talk to other kids. You can be a mentor to people about those things. So if you hadn't lived through those experiences you wouldn't be able to teach others the right from wrong. Right. I can definitely tell you right from wrong, and I can absolutely for sure tell you being nice is the best. Being a good person wins all day. Good For real. Yep. I still have the DNA of I will, I will knock you out yep. if, if yep. you disrespect or yep. get, you know what I mean, if you do something physically to anyone I love, something's going to go down. I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? I'm I'm all about that Batman shit. Right. I'm on the vigilante tip. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? However, regime. but I but loving, I'm about love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like to be loved or feared or whatever, love. I pick yep. love I all pick day. Love. I pick love. You should. You have to. Um, okay, next bit. Which Yo, but I'll fuck somebody up too. Yeah, my brother is known in Detroit as like the most loving, tender. Your brother's everything I hear is your brother's so nice. Your brother's the best. Everybody loves your brother. They've also never got my brother upset, so they've been lucky. But yes, my brother out of twenty one amateur fights in Tucson, Arizona in an airplane hangar, he was the only one to knock somebody out and just completely have to stop the fight. And it it's almost impossible to have to stop a fight in the amateurs because your headgear, everyone's being in safety. He punched the spine out of somebody. I watched it happen. And the guy was Mexican gangster with tattoos from his ears down to his knee. And my dad was there. That's a no, that's another great story. That's a great story. Uh, I, I definitely got to talk about boxing again somehow. Yeah. yeah. Just because we were deep in it. I gotta, how, about, how about when we were in Vegas with um, with Emmanuel and Freddie and Oba Carr, and I was staying in the room with Oba, and he's like, do you think you could knock me out? And I was like, yep. My brother's challenged two boxers in his life to fights. <laughs> Both times he was joking pretty much, but he wasn't – you weren't understanding certain things at a time. Like when you were in the car with Tommy Hearns and Lennox, Lennox Lewis, yeah. and you joked about Tommy's uh, workout yeah. habits and yeah. you were just a kid – he definitely wanted to beat I you wasn't up. A kid. You, I was, no, no, you were you were nineteen I, playing I, I, college I football. By the way, you could if you listen, you could have hurt Tommy if you, God forbid, got in a fight with him. Yeah. But you know he was the middleweight champion, six-time champion of the world, yeah. and he didn't want to hear it from a young kid. So maybe that was wrong on your part to to get smart with him. I think I wouldn't get smart with him. No, but I know how you are, and I think you maybe just overstepped your boundaries on that. You might. I'll right. say that. You might be right. Just accept it, bro. You we'll we'll right. flip this whole podcast around on you. It should be on me at some point. You talk so much. Okay, so <clears throat> the next bit isn't cohesive or transitional, but I always want to say, like, being single, you're a little, it's a little dangerous when you're single because, like, you're free. And it's a danger when you're free. Like, if you're around a couple, you got to direct your attention just to the dude so a dude doesn't think you're talking to his girl. You know what I mean? But then when you're single, you'll also have like a woman complaining to you about her husband. And I want to let you know, I'm not that guy. You're right. I got the guys back. 
Exactly. Not only do I get the guys back, but like I'm I'm hearing you say one thing, but what you're really saying is something else. Right. When you're saying, "Oh, I wish he would spend time," and "Oh my God," when you're really next to me complaining, and you're like, "Oh, he leaves town. He went to Europe for twelve days." What you're really saying to me is, Mike, if you could just sleep with me tonight and just maybe go down on me, that would be fantastic. And neither of us will say shit. That's right. not me. I'm not the guy. Right. I don't. I don't message, mess yeah. with married women. No. Don't come at me like that. That's danger right. zone. I don't fuck with it. So there's something there. I'm not your shoulder to cry on. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, is that what you wrote down? Yeah, I'm I said, I'm not your shoulder to cry on. I'm listening to you, but I'm hearing something else. Right. That's a quick That's good, that's, that's, the, quick, that's the intro. That's a quick good bit. It's called a concept, bro. It's a concept. Okay, the next one is dating a lot of women. You start to get like, I, I want to say because it's true, I just... I dated this girl, and she fucking brought her emotional support dog to the Soho house. Well, you're not allowed. You're not allowed dogs. I was with Sebastian actually, uh, and he's like, "What is wrong with this girl?" So what my joke is going to be is like, did it have a vest? It had a vest that said, "I'm a healing dog or a, a therapy dog." It had a vest, but my joke is that she should have worn the vest. <laughs> the vest was hers. It just didn't fit. It was on the dog, but it was really saying, "I need emotional support." The dog was screaming for help. <laughs> the dog, the dog needed dog. emotional support. How about the dog just wanted to be a dog? You wouldn't let the dog be a dog. The dog doesn't want to be around a bunch of fucking tea and croissants at three in the afternoon. No. And the, the dog, dog wants to shit on everybody it sees. How about the dog doesn't even know that it's there to help heal you? The dog thinks it's just on a walk with a tight jacket on. The dog can't breathe. The dog is... The dog's just taking a walk uncomfortably. And you bring him... And all place. the dog's thinking is, why am I wearing a fucking crossing guards outfit? Exactly. So... Am I a crossing that, dog? Yeah. Right, so therapy dogs and healing dogs, they should just be in the hospital for patients. You know, for patients, people that need them. Exactly. Fuck you and your healing dog, bitch. You if don't need. You need house, healing. If you're at the Soho House, you're paying country club rates. You got a uh, you you have a tab there. You've got to keep up appearances. There's no reason that a healing dog. You should have that healing dog at home and help you out with you know all your bills and your bullshit that you're going through for for having a. Uh, to be able to afford the Soho house. So there's something there. There's Great. Something there for sure. I love the healing dog bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, divorce men, save your money. Nice. Oh, that just goes into the divorce guys trying to spend too much money on hot girls. They're always trying to take them to a nice dinner first. Go nice dinner last. No, go last. Go to last. Go to like a burger and a fry. And Start out with, exactly. Start out for an eleven dollar meal. Yeah, I believe that you got to. I, I think the simplest things in life are the best. So. Like if you're if you're gonna go back to like the if you're gonna be like a, in the dating pool again, then you gotta go back to Burger King. You know what I mean? Remember when you had like five dollars and you had Hell a girlfriend yeah. and you were in high school and you had nowhere else to go but Burger King? Yeah, and pretend you, you got five dollars, fellas. In the morning, pretend you got no money. Stop acting like a baller, cause she's you know what I mean. Don't act like a baller. See if this girl likes you for you first. Yeah, exactly. Like how about you? You get you throw two slices of bread together and put some peanut butter and jelly on it and say we're going out to lunch and you give her that. If she eats it, you're golden. That's the girl that you want to be with. Exactly. If she says, what the hell is this? Why aren't we going out to a restaurant? That's not the chick you want to be with. All right. How about this bit? I did it tonight. I think it's great. People are always talking about how like nobody believed in them. Nobody supported them. I had to make it on my own. You know what's harder than that? Having people that support you. That's yeah. pressure. When yeah. you're growing up and everyone's like, you can do it. 
and we got you. We're going to watch every ounce of your, your, your trials and tribulations and every step of the way, we're going to be there for you. That's too much pressure. Too much pressure. It's exhausting trying to make it when people love you. Yeah. I didn't get enough hate as a child. Don't support me. Don't follow me. Tell me Don't. I can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Tell me I can't do it. Exactly. That's easy. Anytime someone tells me I can't do it, I go do it. Yeah. Okay, there's yeah. something there. There's something there. That's original, I think. That's, that's original, it's good, and it's motivational. And Taylor family, I put down. I wrote down the Taylor family. Because of all the bikes they had in their yard? Because, yeah, I want to say, we grew up, listen, I grew up, I, I, we were lucky, bro. We grew up with three tax brackets. Yeah. We grew up poor. The first Red Leaf Lane, that is poor. If you look at life, that's, that's, it's not, it's not, you know, we're not on, we weren't on government stamps, but we were, we were low income family. Right. Okay. What I was going to say is we grew up around some white trash shit that was like the white boys with jean jackets with guns. Yeah. Like I saw, I remember like one time we went to a football game at at Lathrop and I saw one of the Taylor kids with one of his boys and they had guns. Yeah. I, it was the first time I ever saw a gun. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you came home. I remember talking about it with mom and dad. We have, so so we grew up around a lot of shit. So our first neighborhood was white trash. We were like one of two Jewish families in the neighborhood. You could feel the difference. I didn't know what the difference was. You could just sense the difference. Yeah. We, I was not, you were tough. You were tough. Yeah. But we would go play tackle football with those guys. Yeah. And it was like some next level shit. They yeah. wanted to kill us. They almost killed us. Yeah. But what I was going to say is there was one family, the Taylor family, nine boys. They stole everything in the neighborhood. Yeah. They had 20 bikes. And I was going to say, I think the joke is the fucking, they, was, they didn't care. The oldest brother sold his bike to the youngest brother. Yeah. They just kept bikes circulating in the family. Yeah, bike business. They had a bike business and never left the house. Yeah, and you could—they just traded bikes amongst themselves. The funniest was is that they left them outside along the side of the house. So you could go down the street, look for your bike, and you'd see your bike. You'd be like, that's my bike. They're like, you want to buy it back? They were selling me my own bike back. Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah. Accidental. Look at your phone. Oh, I was going to add on to girls, young girls by dating young girls. I was going to say girl under 30. Look at their phones. You could tell how they are just by their phones. I think you almost have to. I think that's. That's, that's not going to be retired, bro. It has to I don't be. Think it has to be retired. I got to put it on a special before it's retired. Right, but people don't even relate to BattleBots anymore. You gotta Who get, said BattleBots? I was the only person in the room, and there's three. I don't say BattleBots anymore. There were three things, and I was the only human being. My brother's it getting like tired. He's bots. starting to get tired. No, no, no. But you gotta, you gotta. You oh, gotta, this is a good evolve one. Evolve it. Evolve. Okay. It. So how about this to add on to the guys, divorce guy spending big money? How about, how about this girl smells great, doesn't she? Yeah, it's called Extortion by L'Oreal. <laughs> I like that. That's nice. funny. That's a good zinger. Yo, but the other thing is, is you, you know, some of these younger girls, they text. They text like teenagers. They don't talk. They text. Yeah, bro. That's, that's a known thing. I, I, I'll figure that out. Right. Okay, next bit. Nightclub, ignorant. Oh, wait, what does that say? Insurance. Oh, health insurance. I was going to say, would it be funny if health insurance was like covered nightclub accidents? For your, you know what I mean? If, if you're clubbing in your 40s, why doesn't insurance cover that? Like, what happened? I fucking threw out my shoulder slow dancing with a 22-year-old. Yeah, that I, should be covered under insurance. Your insurance does cover all that. Oh, it does? Yeah, if you have an accident, a physical accident. Okay, forget it. You no, know, I was at Evergreen Plaza the other day, Southfield, and I saw a woman slip on the ice. Aye. 
And I stopped and asked her if I could help her, and she said, "No, I'm fine." Is this a good salt? Though. Is this a good bit? Soul, you know how the old school slow, slow, like the soul jams yeah. that we used to listen to. They always started with like a speech before they went into singing. Yeah, it'd be like, "Girl, when I met you, yeah, I knew this was it, girl. I knew from the moment I looked in your eyes, you were for me, and I was for you, girl." And then I realized that I needed true love. Yeah. And if you know who you are, yeah. make yourself seen. Yeah. I'll be waiting. Right. I know you're out there. I love you. I know you're out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to do a soul intro for a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I girl, you're, you're 23 years old, girl. And I know, you know, we got together and, you know, the sparks were flying. Sex was crazy. And, you know, I just, I want you to know something, girl. I don't. I don't know what the. I don't. I haven't worked it out yet. I felt like the odd man out. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, girl, you pulled a toy out of your purse. The toy moved fast. I didn't. Right, right. I I don't know what it is, but there's gotta be an intro to a bit. Yeah. And then you just go like, girl, I'll be waiting. Two kinds of girls, over thirty and under thirty. You know what I mean? Like the way a song starts. There's something there. Definitely. I got a lot of work to do. You've been talking about over thirty, under thirty for a long time. I know. I'm cracking you've experienced a lot of under 30 and over 30. Not as much over 30. Not much. You are, you are, you are, I've been seeing somebody that's close to 30. That's close to 30. Almost 30. Hit man. Hit him on Facebook. Oh, what about Facebook? Well, yeah, like, I got a question. I have a question. What's almost 30 like? It's great. Is it? So close to full maturity. Is it? Still texts a lot, but yet can handle a business meeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally, a career great career college. can set a dinner reservation anywhere, but yet still text and drives. Right. You know what I mean? Fully developed brain. Right. It's really cool. Um, yeah. What about this? Where um, I, I don't know what the bit is here, but like, I'll just tell you the story. One of our boys was a professional boxer. Yeah. Our boy T, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's a pro boxer. So I was saying, jokingly, I was like, yo, just in case shit goes down, I, I want some muscle in Detroit. We need to know a few more people. Like, I met with Trick Trick, and some, we, we're all good in Detroit. We got this whole city locked down. Right. But I was like, you know, in case some real shit goes down, I don't know, I'm not sure who I would call first. So one of our, my friend who's a pro boxer, he's like, I got this dude I used to fight with. Yo, his name's da da da. He's a straight up hit, bro. He's a hit man. He'll fucking handle anything for you. I'm like, damn, man. How do I get a hold of him? He's like, you can find him on Facebook. I'm like, you can find a hit You can find him on Facebook? You write the hit man. You know what I mean? Right. Like, nobody, Facebook's so wide open now. People are just, they're putting everything out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Self employed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Muscle for hire. It's, it's, everything's open. It's too much, Facebook. I don't like that. I don't like that one. It's, it's too... Too, it's, too dark? No, it's not even dark. It's just nothing. It's nothing. I'm crossing it out. Crossing it out. Done. Mom's friends. I was going to... Let's talk about mom's friends. Because I went to dinner with mom, and my mom had a... You know, mom had a stroke. She's healing. We go to dinner. Her friend sits down. How you feeling, Gail? Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm coming back. I'm making, you know, I'm making some progress. It's slow, but it's good. I know how you feel. My diabetes is going berserk. All of a sudden, everybody came up to talk about to mom about themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like mom's like the, the, the mom's. Like are you healing her? Or you want her to heal you? What's going on? Mom's like the stroke whisperer. 
she like uh, she goes out in public and then everybody comes out with their problems. Yeah. She shows up on a walker. It's like therapy's coming. Mom's a mobile therapist. Yeah. Everybody was coming up talking about their problems. I was like, yo, can't you guys see what's going on here? All right, mom's easy to talk to. Mom is easy to talk to. Mom, I wish there was a bit about mom's students. My mom taught special ed for 25 years, and some of her students were the roughest, toughest group of kids, but they loved and respected mom, and it was just such yeah. a crazy, awesome thing to see. Yeah, and she it's still, does, and it's because mom loved them. Like that's the yeah. concept that nobody understands these days. Is like people will say something like, "Everybody loved your mom," and da, da, da. but what they fail to think about is like it's because mom loved them. Exactly, it was her putting love out and getting love back. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So my mom had kids that were children of like big dope kingpins, and right. they were bad kids on paper. Right. But they, she loved them because she saw potential in a lot of them. She tried to steer them in the right direction. They felt that. And if you give them love, they give it back usually. Listen, mom's been teaching for 50 years. It wasn't up in, uh, until her stroke last year. She's been teaching since 1970, since I was born. So what is that? Almost 50 years mom's been teaching. Actually, it's... Over 40 years mom's been teaching. I think she started, no, I think she was teaching when she turned, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. The year I was born, I think she started. You're right. I mean, you're talking elementary, middle, high school, and she stayed in the high school realm until she retired. And then she went back to teaching kids again. And my mom will tell you, she runs into kids to this day that she taught in high school that give her all kinds of love and have made it in life. And teachers keep in touch with her. And it just, you know, it just is a testament to it how Yeah, it, it feels about, good. Something about talking about mom and dad in your act, too. I think you got to talk about that. I think you got to talk about us, like, you know, dad, when he got in the scrap business and he had all the cash, and we would tackle him at dinner, and we would take his money and hide in the bathroom, and he'd go crazy a little bit, but he knew that we were joking. Right, we would never steal money from him. Although we took hundreds every now and then, probably out of drawers, but I think, it was a, I think we were allowed to. What do you mean we? I never did. You did? Yeah. I worked for money. No, dad, my dad, yeah, dad was in the scrap metal business. It was all cash in the 80s, yeah. and we'd go to the yard with him, and... At the end of the day, you peel off 100 give us $100 when we were, like, you know, young... The teenagers. happiest people on planet Earth. We wouldn't Earth. know what to do with it, because nobody could break a... What were we going to do? Go up to the candy store, buy a candy bar, and have him break 100 It just looked weird going up to buy a pack of Starburst and giving the lady $100. <laughs> they just thought we were, tra you know, we were just running counterfeit money at 11 years exactly. old. Exactly. But dad, no, I remember seeing dad get like 20,000 cash in a day. You know what I mean? And I remember dad saying to me, what do you want? You want $100 or you want 10% of the day? It's up to you. And I was too stupid, to, <laughs> like just dumb, dumb to realize that I could have got 200 out of the day if I wanted 10%. You could have got 2,000. Oh, yeah, 2,000. I'm still dumb. <laughs> I could have got 2,000, but I took 100. I'll take a hundred, Dad, instead of ten percent. You know, but I think we got our work ethic. Oh yeah, from my from, from my my parents. Dad was up every morning early as shit, but he was also done with work by noon. And my friends would come home at lunchtime to my house for we'd come home for lunch, and they'd be like, "All right, what's up? Like, what does your dad do? Right. What does he do for a living? Right. Your dad's home every day. Right. I'm like, he just gets up at four, and he's fully done with the day." 
You know? Yeah. What's the next bit? Are we done with the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I'd have to go on my computer and look at more bits. All right, so here's the whole basis is crack it open. Get real. Get real. Dive deep. Dive deep. You're so tired. My brother's literally, he's, he's 11 minutes away from sleeping. <laughs> he's had a long-ass week. Yo, yo, My nephew almost came over tonight and hung out with us. Tonight was a funny night. Tonight was a great night. I went over to the Punchline Comedy Club in Southfield, Michigan. All-black crowd, 40 people in there. I haven't been into an urban room in a long time. Uh-huh. Crushed it. You know, they only gave me seven minutes. But, like, that's the shit. That's the beautiful thing about comedy. Comedy is just the most gangster art form. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd have gone up if it was just a coffee shop with four people. I just need to get material out of my mouth. Right. But, but I mean, you know, that's what it's like. I mean, for everybody. I mean, you know, in comedy that's getting up there. You got to think Chappelle and Chris Rock and guys like Tony Rock and Ian Edwards and those guys. If they go play Alabama in a rural town, it's going to be an all-white crowd. And they got to cater to it. So, I mean, tonight you totally. play for your hometown. Literally. Yeah, it was a mile from where we grew up, this place. Tomorrow night, you should try to do it again. I'm going to call him in the morning. You absolutely should. And try to do a couple other comedy spots tomorrow. We'll bounce around tomorrow and just do it. Me, you, and Ian will cruise around. 100%. Anyway, great day. It's been 50 minutes. Yo, let's wrap it up. The, uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. So the, the best part Don't is... Don't touch any buttons on there. I'm not trying to. There's the mic. The best part is is that you were able to get through a lot of new material. We were able to work through some of it. But remember, the, a lot of the comedians that you admire, a lot of the guys from back in the day, were these guys that not only told jokes and made people laugh, but they also made people cry. They made people think, and they, made, they, they talked about things that were relevant to the audience, not just to themselves. So Let me the, ask you this, Rob. What do you think about Seinfeld, who I think is an amazing comedian, who did word for word the same act for 12 years? I think he's great, but he's evolved as well as a comedian. If you watch his shows now, I mean, he's evolving. He puts out comedy. So, you know, yeah, he had a TV show, and yeah, he's a stand-up. No, no, I'm saying he did the word for word, same act for 12 straight years. So my point to you is, is that sometimes when you develop an hour... Or an act, mm-hmm. you want to you want to get it perfect, do it, run its time, and then put it to bed. Yo, bro, I get it. A, you're Mike Young, and B, your bits are not as relevant. I don't know what Seinfeld's act was for twelve years. I don't know how much he did exactly word for word, or changed a little bit. No, he was but you. Okay, but and I don't know if he had a brother to tell him what's what. Um, obviously, he did great shit, yeah. and obviously he is you know going to go down in history as in the top ten comedians possibly of all time. Possibly, I don't know yeah. if he's in the top. I don't even know if he's in the top ten. It's if, debatable. If you look at the daises of the of the roast back in the day for uh, Dean Martin, there's probably you know five or six guys up there that are in the top ten forever. But uh, Seinfeld, I'm not taking anything away, but the guy's definitely a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, but he had his, his shtick, he had his thing, and he did it his way, and that's wonderful, and God bless him. You do your thing your way. My point is, is about your act, is, is it's, there's, there, there's, there's evolution to it. 
I'm not saying you can't draw on some of the same stories or some of the same I bits evolve. after all those years. I got to crack through. The stories have to evolve. You can talk about the same concepts in a more evolutionary way. Things just grow. Things change after time. You can't talk about things a decade ago and talk about a flip phone. Today it's the iPhone. You can't talk about, you know, people don't even understand what a fuzz buster is. You know, I need to but crack through. You got to crack through some of this I'm stuff. Cracking through. And I'm not saying you need to take away from um, the stories that need to be told. I'm saying that you need to tell the stories in a different light and just shift your focus, change your angle. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you got to evolve out of them. And just literally, it's a shift of focus. All it is, it could be the same thing told a different way that's more relevant today that connects with more people. Should I do music in my act? 100% you should do music in your act. I've been telling you that for fucking ever. What should I, I do, though? How does it come? Go up there with a guitar and figure it out. You, you know how to play the guitar very well. You know how to write and, and, and go off the cuff with songs um, very well and improvise very well. On a night like tonight or tomorrow night, take your guitar with you. How many times have I told you, bring your guitar? It's not so much the guitar. I'm not a guitar comic. I'm not a guitar. I don't want to be a guitar comic, but I'm talking about how can it be an organic, natural transition into a musical bit without needing a guitar? How can I rap or sing or DJ hit it? You know what I mean? Like, is it a natural thing if I'm like I was in a rap group and I do that bit and I'm like, oh, you don't believe me? Bam, hit it. Yeah. Something like that. Yo, for purposes of that, or do I do? A, are, you, are you saying do a funny song? What are you saying? I'm saying. I'm saying bring your guitar up on stage and see what happens. Have it there. Let it be a prop and just use it. Use it like a bottle of water and go to it when you need it. I'm not saying you ever have to be a... a, a, a you, you don't ever have to be a guitar comedian at all. First of all, Dave Chappelle's been on stage with John Mayer a hundred times. Yeah. And John Mayer's sitting at the keyboard. Is he a pianist comedian? Give me a break. You just go up there. You have the talent... Use your pool. Use your pool of talent. Right. You know what I mean. Your right. your offense and defense. Your can be a quarterback and a receiver. You've right. got to you've you've got to be able to go up there with uh, complete unadulterated uh, vigor and and no remorse for anything that you put out there. You've got to go up there with no doubt in your mind and just say fuck it and just do it. Can I say one thing? Uh, can I make one excuse? That's not an excuse that, that I shouldn't even be allowed to have. I. I think I suffered for years from post-traumatic stress disorder because when I'm not kidding. When I used to, when I was first getting into comedy, I felt so much. I was feeling everything. Like I was like, it was like an engine in my soul. The shit that I wanted to write and talk about, like the, I could just feel it all the time. And then when those couple incidences, heavy life-altering incidences happened to me, I got like a fire got put out in me. I'm not kidding, and I felt like. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, this is going to be our segue because we're almost an hour in. We're going to segue into the next, the next stories that need to be told tomorrow night. We're going to talk about Mike's traumatic incidences that have caused him post-traumatic stress disorder that have hampered his style, his and cramped his evolution in comedy. We're going to talk about that so that he can get through this breakthrough and crack through what he needs to to get to the next level. 
because he went through some things. And I'll, I'll touch on it real quick right now. Then we're going to say goodnight. And then tomorrow we're going to dive deep into what those incidences were. Mike, Mike has had he's, – he's been in, involved in some serious uh, altercations in his life that were uh, unprovoked and came out of nowhere on him. So he – it's like being in a car accident or being in a, a plane crash and surviving or being in a, in a fight uh, that you didn't want to be in and getting injured. And he's, he's suffered from that. So Mike has been through some heavy, heavy shit that we're going to dive into. He's been punched when he didn't know the punch was coming a couple times. He's been hit by a bottle in his face. Uh, he's been, I'm talking not just like, oh, he got hit by a bottle, like hospitalized. He's been punched, hospitalized, almost killed. He's been beat up gang style by gangs, by, by mob, by, you know, hoods and whatnot, um, jumped when he didn't know he was going to be. So he was unprepared. He was unprotected. He didn't have his defenses up when these things happened and didn't know they were going to happen. They came out of the clear blue sky, and he has suffered a PTSD from them. He hasn't worked through it 100%. He's been doing it through his comedy a little bit, but he's got a long way to go. He's he and, and there's there's a light at the end of that tunnel. I'm cracking through, and he is cracking through it. And this is what stories that need to be told is all about. And tomorrow, when we give you another version, another another stories that need to be told, we're gonna dive into all that that happened. We're gonna start with those stories, and then we're gonna move past them, and then even down the road farther, it's gonna put all that stuff in the past, and Mike's gonna be a whole new man. <laughs> yeah. My brother's the greatest therapist of all time. All he wants to do is go to bed right now. Um, all right. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Robert Young. Stories that need to be told with my big brother. All right. Love you. Love you. Um, I'm out. Find me on Instagram at the real Mike Young. Rob doesn't have any social media, so just don't even bother. Blue Team Restoration. But, Yes. He runs a company called Blue Team Restoration. And if any commercial monster buildings are out there and you need fire, flood, water, any kind of damage, my brother and my cousin are the kings of this country. And Blue Team Restoration will help you out. So call me if you need me. All right. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Once again, the real Mike Young. Find me on Instagram. Real Mike Young on Twitter. And uh, cracking it open tomorrow. Cracking it open tomorrow. We'll tell you more stories. Um, I'll be in Detroit. I'll be in um, New York and New Jersey in Morristown, New Jersey, with Bob Saget, February third. Poconos, February fourth. We'll be in Chicago, February seventh. Crystal Lake, February eighth. We'll be in Royal Oak Music Theater, February 9th. and Cleveland, Ohio, at the Rock Casino on February tenth. Peace.